Welcome to the show. My name is James Nielsen Watt, and in this show, we interview interesting, inspiring, and successful people so you can learn the secrets to success and can play the game of life, business, health, and happiness better. And the philosophy we take here is if I'm leveling up my game, you get to level up yours as well. So get ready to listen to some inspiring people who have figured out how to have success in all areas of life, health, happiness, wealth, business. We're gonna be interviewing them in this show so that you can learn the secrets to success that they share with practical advice that you can take and use today. So if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, please leave us a review, and please share it with your friends because if I can help you and you can help others, then we can help more people together and we can all level up our game together. My guest today is the founder and CEO of Heartcore Business, Lauren Tickner. Heartcore Business is a training company designed to empower mindset, leadership, and business systems to create profitable, sustainable businesses. She teaches financial freedom internationally as a motivational speaker, trainer, and business coach. She's a best-selling author, has built several multi-million dollar companies, and supports other entrepreneurs in building businesses, sharing their message, and going from startups to six and seven figures while creating and promoting a lifestyle of freedom. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Super excited to have you on. Yes, thanks for having me. It's a beautiful sunny morning here in Dubai, and I'm looking forward for an energizing conversation to get get the day rolling. Yeah, it's uh, time zones always trip me out. Like all of my clients are uh, not in New Zealand, but still, like for me, I'm used to it being the evening for them. But then you're in Dubai now, so it's the morning. Either way, I want to be in Dubai. I'm sick of New Zealand at the moment. Before show, you were telling me that it's getting to the season where it's about to be very, very hot. Is that right? Yeah, it is. And I, I, I too have a lot of team who are in various different time zones around the world. And they keep telling me, you need to come to Colombia or come to Ireland or come to France. And I'm just like, there's so many options right now. I don't know where to escape to. So I'm just going to see where life takes me. And that's one of the things that I really love about having the ability to have this flexible lifestyle of being anywhere in the world. So it's pretty cool. Well, I'd love it if you can tell us a bit about yourself and your background. Like, what are you doing now? Uh, and what did you, you know, used to do and how you got to where you are now? So our audience has some context. Totally. Yeah. So I never would have imagined myself to be someone that has a team of more than 20 people in 10 different time zones because when I was in school, I was someone who was extremely motivated because I wanted to be a fund manager. And that was like my ultimate vision. I love this concept of being a female CEO and eventually working my way from being a fund manager to eventually climbing up the top of the C-suite. And then at the age of 18, that dream came true, right? I got to work in the fund management company, and it, one of the biggest ones in England. And I was the youngest person that they'd ever employed. And it just felt so disappointing to have that, my ultimate dream, essentially be crumbled right in front of my hands when I started having conversations with these fund managers. And I started to realize that, yes, they had financial wealth. Yes, they had a great title and they were extremely, extremely respected by their peers, but they had no time. They had no freedom. A lot of them had very unhappy relationships with their families because they really confided in me like I was their daughter because I was actually younger than a lot of their, their kids, right? So I was like the same age as some of their grandchildren. So I was having always just great conversations with them. And 
it was really fascinating to me because I realized as I was looking all around me that if I had stayed in that job, I would eventually have just worked my way to become just like them. But it would have been different as well because I was a woman and I was female in in that business, which is extremely male dominated. And at the same time, I had this passion for fitness. This is when Instagram had just first started and social media had just begun. And I had created this fitness Instagram page a few years back after I had had some issues with losing a bunch of weight in a really unhealthy way. And then eventually working my way to get strong again, to get mentally fit and healthy again. And the only thing that was literally keeping me sane during that whole time is I would just take a ridiculous number of coffee breaks to go and just check my phone and scroll and comment back to other people. And it was just really fun. And I was thinking, this is so weird because this one thing that is making me no money is the thing that I want to do all of my time on. And people were asking me, do you do training? Do you do coaching? And I just simply couldn't do it all at once because I was trying to produce content. I was trying to do a full-time job. And every day I was commuting there and back an hour and a half. So three hours a day. And then I eventually realized, well, you know what? I'm so young. Like I was literally so, so young. I had nothing to lose, like literally nothing. I had no family to feed or anything. So it was a very unique timing. And I think sometimes these certain situations crop up where they don't logically make sense. However, there's that gut feeling inside that you, from all of your unique experiences and your ability to see everything that's happening in the industry that you're in or in the field that you want to penetrate into, you can kind of piece things together and see where you fit in between all of that. And you can get rid of all the systems, all the processes, all the logical thinking, and just use that gut instinct to jump all in on it. And so for me at that time, I had a very good sense of the fact, like, I think I can do something with this, you know? I didn't know what, I had no idea, but I just decided I'm just going to quit this job. I, you know, made some savings. I didn't barely spend any money that year because I was still living with my parents. You know, I was so young. And basically I went and uh, I started online fitness coaching. And that was when I just realized this whole online world and how it is just infinitely scalable. And so since then, a bunch of stuff happened, which ended up getting me here to helping other people do that. Because basically all my friends were also fitness people, like they were fitness coaches or influencers and stuff. And they started coming to me when all of them got pretty much axed by the fitness brands they were getting sponsored by because all these brands were going more mainstream. They didn't have their own business. And so I started, you know, supporting them because they saw all the stuff that I had. So I started supporting them on that. And then, yeah, that's pretty much how we ended up here. And so it's kind of crazy to me because a lot of my clients are people who are just significantly, significantly more successful than me in their individual fields. But then what we're supporting them with are things that they have no idea about when it comes to systematizing, when it comes to them getting what's in their head out into systems and so that they can be free from the day-to-day to work on things like going on podcasts and scaling and writing books and actually maybe building more locations or getting more team on. And so it's, it's pretty cool. I don't know. Everyone's story is so, so unique in this space. And I was just getting in so young. And so for me, that's why it's all happening when I was like a teenager, you know? So at the moment, you're, you're, the big thing you're doing is you're working with uh, people who are, is, is it mainly lifting them up into that point where they're, they're making money and they're being successful with this new opportunity? Or are you working uh, more so with people who 
are doing things, but they're overwhelmed, they're stuck, they're struggling, and they're trying to create more freedom from what they've already got. The second type of people, yeah. So they are absolutely our sweet spot. In the past, we've worked with people, especially during COVID, like, oh, I don't know if I should say that word, but like when the lockdown first happened, it was crazy. So this was actually hugely problematic for us. So I was in Mexico and suddenly I go to the supermarket and I hadn't really been going into supermarkets because I've been eating out in restaurants and stuff, but we needed to just grab a snack, like an ice cream or something. So we're getting the supermarket and all of these very wealthy looking people are there with their kids. And that was extremely unusual in Mexico. Usually in Mexico, the people that are like the housemaids are the ones who go to the shops to buy this stuff. Whereas now there are a lot of like successful, wealthy men there. And so I went over to one of them because I could hear him speaking English. I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, why is it so busy in here right now? He's like, oh, we're stocking up the house. And I was like, seriously? Like you're doing this too in Mexico? Because I'd heard some stuff from my parents, but I was so isolated from everything that was going on in the world because I was I don't know I I was living my life in a foreign country where I don't understand the news I don't speak Spanish that's why I now have a 650 day streak on Duolingo let me tell you because I got in some weird situations in in Mexico where I realized I need to learn this language so anyways at the time I spoke no Spanish so then at that point I was like oh my gosh this is gonna happen here and I do not want to get trapped somewhere where they have the bloody cartel. So I literally go on my laptop straight away. I'm like trying to find a flight and there was literally no flights popping up. I had to go from here, here, here and here. Oh gosh. Anyways, then I get back in England, right? And I don't have a flat. I don't have any of my stuff. Like I'm literally got this one suitcase with all my summer clothes in because I had just been traveling for like four months. And so I get back and I'm like trying to sort everything out, but it was so hard to find a place to live because no one was trying to like do any renting or anything at that time. And I get back and I look to my market and my industry and no one was now investing in growth because they were all trying to invest in survival. And loads of people were coming to me asking, well, I need to move my business online. They were like trainers. They were like, coaches that do financial workshops. Some of them were yoga teachers, spiritual practitioners. And I was like, oh my gosh, we do not really like serving these people as much as we like serving the other people because these people are brand new, starting from scratch. And our core competency is really taking people from that sort of like, a lot of them are making around like six, 7K per month, maybe four or five, but they're really good at what they do. Those are the people that were best at helping scale. These people are pretty much starting from scratch. So we like within three days, pulled together a new offer, put it out there on the market, created an entire live online challenge, launched the challenge. And we ended up getting 5,000 people signed up for this challenge organically. And it was crazy. And so that was super fun. I was like doing it straight out of my kitchen. And so it was brilliant. We got so many new clients, but actually then everything came crumbling down. Because so many new clients came in that we didn't have the team to fulfill. And lots of these people were very desperate. They were hopeless. They were lost. They had no idea what to do. So we ended up having to refund. I don't even know how many of those clients, but like, I would say it doesn't sound like a lot, but probably like 5% of them. But bearing in mind that a lot of clients signed up at a high ticket price point. So that was like a big chunk of revenue. So that was a big lesson for me because I don't really care about the refund that we lost. It's more about my reputational damage 
that I was really worried that those people felt disappointed in my company. And so since then, we've reached back out to those people and actually enrolled them in the Accelerator Launchpad program that we do have now for free. And uh, yeah, they like us now. So that was good. But um, it was crazy learning experience and also shows you why it's so valuable to stick to your core competencies um, or prepare to expand in a way that isn't so rushed, but I just, I had to, because like, you don't know how many DMs I was getting. Like I I had to serve the community. So, um, it was a big lesson for sure. What's the number one problem that you come across with most people who are stuck, uh, owning their job instead of, mm-hmm. uh, owning a business because, you know, most of my clients are, uh, small business owners, they're practice owners, health professionals, and they're great at what they do, but they are, they fell into business. They didn't get into it to be in business and they often find themselves trapped. Uh, they have various reasons why they think they're trapped, but in, in reality, there's, there's some, some similarities between it. What do you see as being the biggest trap for technicians who fall into business and, and end up owning their jobs? The number one thing is that you have this gift and this knowledge and this experience And it's all in your head. And oftentimes when you've had so much knowledge that you've built up from various different sources, you then build your own unique way of doing things that is really, really bloody good. And then that gift itself can then become the reason why you don't get the gift out there because you become quite controlling and territorial over it. And you're afraid to let go and to empower other people to get that out there and to use it to serve others. And then it becomes your ultimate demise because every single time there's a problem, there's no workflow that says, if this, then that. Because if this, then that, speak to you. And that's the solution. So you don't have parameters and systems set up around you to protect you and to protect your company. So one thing I always like to ask my clients is a little bit morbid, but it's important. And it's, if you got hit by a bus, would your business continue to live on? And if so, for how long? Because two weeks is fine. And that's nice. But if it's any shorter or any slightly, you know, if, if, if it's not like a whole year or, or I'd say six months at least, then you have a big problem on your hands there. And so this is why I'm so all about systems because it forces you to not get romantic about yourself. And sometimes you have to just let your ego down. And I also think as well, I see this in so many people. I saw this in my former self. I see this in my clients. Like I have one client who's a podiatrist and he wanted to build a course about this very special technique relating to non-invasive surgery when it comes to a very specific condition, right? And he wanted to start certifying people in that. And then he had this other program that he'd run in the past a couple times and it was like a sales and marketing course. And we looked at his revenue from two years that he'd been running this non-invasive surgery course for the podiatrists. And then the couple times that he'd done this workshop on sales and marketing, and can you guess how much he had made from each? He'd made four times more revenue from the sales and marketing from two workshops than two years of trying to teach this non-invasive surgery. And so I think oftentimes the vehicle in which we use to serve our clients says a lot. So there in his head, he was thinking that this special technique was going to be the thing that would make him 
millions. But the market was saying otherwise. And the skills in which he was teaching in the sales and marketing course, it didn't need to be him. He wasn't the inventor of that. He had innovated and applied ancient techniques of human psychology to his market. And that's what was empowering him to get himself out there. So I would really say that oftentimes we get very attached to the way that we do things because we think that we're the best. But many, many times when you get the right systems and then you get get the right people running those systems, things are going to grow much better. And then you get to live a little. And this is the one thing that I see with everyone listening right now. The biggest thing is that you just are not living. And there's so much more to life than doing what you do on a daily basis. And I get it because like for me as well, work is my favorite thing to do. I love it. I'm passionate about it. I absolutely adore it, but I like it when I don't need to do it because then you have your most creative ideas. And that's another thing to really, really think about because if you've got to where you are now doing the way that you do things now, imagine how things will be when you actually build the systems. And my, my, my life philosophy is let systems run the business and let people run those systems. And then you get to stay in your zone of genius and serve at a much greater degree. Because it comes down to, to what are you what are you trying to create? In the, in the case of that podiatrist, if if they're looking to uh, make an impact with that particular condition, then then the intent would be to follow through and and solve the problems that would allow him to get that out as deep as he could. But if his intention is to be able to have more freedom in his lifestyle, then going down the marketing route is going to make more sense because it's going to allow him to have that lifestyle. And I think that people don't often you know, they get fixated on the vehicle uh, and they forget about where they're actually going. Like if I have to ride a bike from here to South America, it's not going to work. I'm going to drown. So I have to let go of the vehicle and get in a plane so I can get there or a boat. Um, And so knowing where you're trying to get to and then just solving for the problems that you face in pursuit of the outcome is far more successful than romanticizing the vehicle that you're choosing to use, which a lot of people do. Now, I, I can hear in the uh, in the back of my head, people uh, saying, well, you know, that's great, uh, you know, about systems and things like that, but I'm I'm happy being in, in, in my business and running it and I really enjoy it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what would you say to, to somebody who thinks they don't need to create uh, the systems because it's working just fine as it is? How can you sell them on, on the idea that uh, it's not necessarily about more money or bigger or, or more people? But sometimes it's just about options. That's what I found. I think I've learned, particularly through my past in the fitness industry, is that you can only help the people that are swimming towards you. And so if someone doesn't believe that they need something, then I'm really not going to try and convince them that they do need it because they have to realize it for themselves. And it's kind of like in coaching, or if you're if you have a, a client, right, and let's say you're a dentist, and their teeth are literally crumbling down, and you keep telling them you need to brush your teeth twice a day, or you shouldn't have a sugary drink and then brush straight away because you're brushing straight in your gums. I don't know. Again, this is just stuff my dentist has told me. By the way, guys, if you're a dentist and this is this isn't true, then please don't judge me. Please DM me and tell me the truth. But I'm giving an example here. So you're a dentist. You tell them that. And they just don't keep doing it because you're telling them again and again. And you're just like, why don't they get it? And then one day they come into the the dentist's office and you sit them down 
and you say, I want to tell you a story today. So when I was four years old, I used to constantly have orange juice right before I brushed my teeth. And you know what? It was so, so tasty. And then one day I woke up in the middle of the night at four in the morning with the most painful throbbing feeling on the top left of my mouth. Everything was bleeding. There was blood all over my bed. I woke up my parents and they were absolutely terrified. And I saw my mom crying because she was so worried about me. She rushed me to the hospital to see what was going on, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, moral of the story is you then ended up telling them that he shouldn't be drinking orange juice before he brushes his teeth. The person that is then in that dentist office with you then and there, they are going to be transporting themselves into that narrative, into that story and seeing themselves in that and the potential consequences of how it's going to affect the people around them. They themselves are then going to have the aha moment rather than you telling them what the aha moment is. There's a big difference in framing when you tell a story that allows them to relate to it. So I would say that when it comes to systems and everything, it's, it's interesting because I remember, so I have, a, I have a younger brother. He's two years younger than me and he's disabled and he has epilepsy, autism, various other different learning disabilities. And it's interesting because as you ask me that question, I just think of my dad right now. Because my dad, after the pandemic, decided to make a very strange life choice and he bought a pub. So this pub also has eight rooms where you can stay like a bed and breakfast. And this is two hours away from where I grew up as a kid. So my brother's in a care home, which is two hours away from where my dad now is. Very strange choice. But he just told me like, hey, I want a lifestyle business. Well, I'm like, okay, you do your thing. I've already told you if you want a nice online business, you know where I am and I'll, I'll get you all set up or you can come and help me. But nope, there he goes. So I was talking to him on the phone like a few weeks ago and I was just catching up and I was asking him like, what's going on? And he told me, oh my gosh, Lauren, we're going to have to claim on the insurance. We just had a fire. And one of their entire buildings burnt down. So they lost like pretty much, you know, tens of thousands of pounds worth of stuff. And he's so stressed and he barely sleeping. He's not even going and doing anything. Like I asked him, when was the last time you saw my brother? He hasn't seen him for months. And I just thought, holy, holy crap. Like you've literally just bought yourselves. You've bought yourself a job that you hate and you're stuck in the day to day. And like, I'm not going to be able to see you when I come back to England because you're so busy. And like, I love my dad so much. And he's like my best friend, but like, I'm pretty gutted about it because I'm not going to be able to see him because he's stuck in his business. And I keep telling him, you, you could do this and you could have that and you should have this automation and this, but he won't listen to me. Right. And so it's kind of like telling someone who is like extremely overweight that you need to lose weight, but they just don't listen. Right. It's like, the same it's the same same type of concept because they don't see the problem so I think when it comes to this like I just I just realized like I saw myself in him a few years ago when I was trapped in the day-to-day of my business and I it reminded me of when I was in New York with my mom and I get to the breakfast and then I open my laptop and I literally have like seven different things going wrong like it was, it was, it was terrible. And I'm writing a book right now. And I, I was like reliving this experience a couple mornings ago when I was telling the story, but I just remember being on my laptop and in such a trance that 
The next thing I knew, I blinked and they were setting the tables for dinner. And my mom was just sat there next to me. And I turned to her, I was like, oh my gosh, mommy, like, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm weird. I still call her mommy, but I was like, why, why didn't you, why didn't you say something? She was like, it was just nice to be here with you. And I was like, oh my gosh, because she hadn't spent any time with me for so long. And that was the version of me that she was enjoying being present with. And it like, it makes me even like kind of start wanting to cry when I think about it. And that was when I realized something needed to change because I was just like being such a terrible daughter at that moment. And um, I think we've all had that experience, right? Where we've been with someone and we're just not ourselves and we're just not present. And then after that, that's when I went on a mission to, to fix something. I didn't know what I needed to do, but I tried a lot of stuff. I wasted a lot of money, but I realized it just, it all came back to the systems to get me out of the day to day. So that I would never wake up to just everything going wrong on my laptop again. Um, I find that a lack of clarity on what you ultimately are doing any of it for means that we tend to just go with the flow. Like if I don't know that I'm trying to swim back to the beach because that's where my kids are, then I'm just going to swim around in the ocean. If I'm not paying attention, I'm just going to go where the current takes me despite wherever I think I'm swimming to. And when we're not clear on what we want, we're not going to get clear on the problems that are in our way because we don't notice them as problems. We just feel them as bumps as we're floating along. Um, Mm. And so when people are made aware and and, uh, are brought to a self-awareness of, well, I'm working because I want to make money and I also want to help people with this thing that I do because I enjoy it. And we go, great. Well, if you had $50 million in the bank, would you still do what you're doing right now? And if the answer is yes, but I wouldn't do it for so many hours, then what's it going to take to allow you to have the benchmark of the lifestyle from the money, right? Like what's the, what's the point? Because a lot of people, you know, you just get a new phone or a new car as you make more money and you get more expenses as you go up. So your actual profitable cash flow, should I say, is, is actually the same or less because you just lift your lifestyle with it. So getting clear on what you want <laughs> and then going, well, what if I was doing that two days a week instead because I had mm. team members and systems and so I can still help people and I made the same amount of money, but I had more time to do mm. other things because what else would you do? And they say, well, I'll go mountain biking and I would spend time with my kids and I would go to the beach. And so mm. being clear on, on where you want to allocate your time because when you get so much of it every week, right? 167 hours or something, and you're sleeping for a bunch of that, you can get clear on where you're willing to spend that time. Because most of us are so unconscious to how we're doing things. We think that, well, I need to just work harder and then make more money and blah, 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 blah. And so uh, while I agree that you can't sway someone into doing things, I, I actually believe that most people are unconscious to what they should be doing. And it's not until uh, certain things are, they're made aware of them. Um, because, for example, the, the the smoker wants to give up smoking when they're dying of lung cancer, right? But had they had an experience earlier, they might have made a different decision. That's why, you know, people have uh, near-death experiences and change their lives. 
all that happened was they got perspective on the shit they were doing that didn't matter and realized that they shouldn't be doing it because they almost died and it didn't matter to them. And so it's like, how can we become aware of that sooner so that instead of going through life passively, we can go through life actively and actually create what we want. And for, for me, it's uh, my, my kids, uh, my family traveling, we're intentionally planning a trip to you know, Portugal for two to three months. And we're just transporting our life there. Like we're going to be living our lives, but just with different scenery. And, and I could do that here. New Zealand's beautiful, but I also want to learn Portuguese and try different foods and be in a different place because um, I had, uh, I think it was Steve Sims uh, on, on the show. And uh, we were talking about, let's say you live to, to 80 and let's say you're 40 right now and you go on holiday once a year. That means you've only got 40 holidays left. And uh, and a lot of a lot of listeners came back and, and said to me, James, that's super depressing, and made me realise that I need to sort my life out because I've only got this many holidays left, and I want to double it. And uh, and and so for me, a, a big focus is always being very aware of what I'm focused on, so that I'm not just growing for the sake of it. Like you said at the start, right? Those guys have great careers, but they're willing to give up so much, and that's the reason why they are at the top. It, the only reason they're at the top is because they're willing to give up, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, destroy their families, destroy their health to pursue the top positions. And most mm. of us are not. And I think that's a, a good, a good thing to recognize in that sometimes we don't have what we think we want because we're not willing to pay the tax that would allow us to get there. And in, in, in realizing that we're not willing to pay that tax, there's the realization that maybe I want what I think it will give me, not what it actually is. That for me creates freedom because then you can actually go after what you want. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I also think as well, like this is something that I've been trying to really get clear on lately because I think what ends up happening for pretty much everyone that I see, those of my friends that I speak to, I know Steve as well um, and a bunch of people who are just extremely extremely successful and whenever I'm speaking to them it's interesting because they've all kind of gone through this cyclical pattern so they get some success they get burnt out they realize they need to fix it they do a bunch of things they screw up they don't get anywhere for like a few years something else bad happens they get some more success something else really bad happens and then eventually they get to that ultimate rock bottom moment and realize that they need to do something and that's when they figure it out for real and that's when they get their most success more so than ever, but in all areas of life rather than just in business. And what's fascinating is that the people that I see that are actually the most successful gave it all up for a period of time, but then they realize that through that experience, they now have the knowledge and skill set to be able to do it all, have it all, be successful in it all, but not giving it all up other than this one thing. And it is all done through building things around systems and through taking the things that in their head out and actually building that into frameworks so that other people can understand it and perceive it. And I remember when I was first trying to start learning about this, I was going to a bunch of seminars and I was going to all these online courses and stuff, but none of it was sticking because it all, for me, it just felt too corporate. And that's when it really clicked for me that the way in which... I was learning wasn't the way in which I enjoyed to learn. And then I realized that the way in which I was explaining things to my clients wasn't necessarily the way in which I would have liked to have learned it myself. And so everyone who's listening to this, they're all 
practitioners or doing something whereby you are supporting and helping other people. And so I often think that the way that you're serving your clients is the way that you like to be served yourself. And so sometimes when it comes to understanding how you can get out of the day-to-day, you need to look at how can I learn in a way that is going to make me feel like I'm really hard, that I'm really going to be able to do this. Like it's not going to take all my time because right now you're busy and overwhelmed. And as a marketer, the number one thing that you need to be doing to grow your business is to be able to pull on the pain points um, of your prospects and your potential clients so that they feel seen and heard. And sometimes I think it's just that like as a practitioner, maybe you don't feel seen and heard because like you're the one who's doing everything. And so obviously through listening to this podcast, you're doing a a great job because like you're in, in the best hands here. And so I would just say like, I've just, I got this one client, Raj, like he just comes to my mind because he's extremely successful and he basically does government contracting and lots of his deals are in the tens of millions of dollars. But when he came to us, like he was just so lost when it came to his family life, because all he was doing was working and like writing these proposals and appeasing his shareholders and just trying to do everything. And, um, he was at the point where he just didn't even know, like, does he even want to continue doing this? You know what I mean? Like, he had built enough wealth, but like, why was he still doing it? He just didn't know. Like there wasn't an answer to that. And he was just doing it because he was in that flow. And only through just taking himself out of the day-to-day, going somewhere and then writing down his vision, like getting really clear, like what is his vision and why is he actually doing this? And then essentially building values based around that vision so that then he made sure that the only people that he was hiring were also in alignment with those values. Because a lot of his problems were stemming from the team members that he was bringing on because they were just annoying him and wasting his time and not doing things right. And that's because he was not hiring the right people. And so sometimes the problem can just be as simple as the fact that you don't have your values clear and you're not hiring based upon those values and you're not running things based upon those values. Because when that happens, then there's a real lack of integrity and a lack of alignment and things don't feel great. And so, you know, you can give all the strategy in the world, but the thing is, People's minds may not see that and see the opportunity there because they haven't yet perceived it as a necessity to them. And so I just don't want anyone listening to this to have to actually even get to that necessity moment because I'm telling you, when you act in a more proactive way rather than a reactive way, a lot of things in your life will stay intact, such as relationships and your health and your perception of yourself as well, which is you know, arguably one of the most important things. So that's, I suppose, what I would say to that. Yeah, you you don't have to get to the point of everything breaking before you make a better decision. Like that's kind of stupid. Uh, you know, yeah. anybody can learn from their own mistakes, but it's what, what's the saying? Everyone can learn from their own mistakes, but Warren Buffett, right? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. make geniuses learn from others, and it's because why yeah. repeat the same mistakes? And so if if you and I know that something's going to happen when Dave keeps doing what he's doing uh, mm. and, you know, we're presenting that information to Dave. It'd be smart for Dave to at least pay attention and go, well, maybe there's something to that so that I don't have to experience it. And the successful people around me that I see, it's it's that same thing. It's like, I know that with intentioned actions, I can produce better outcomes. And if I'm measuring that I'm heading in the right direction, then I can ramp it up and get it more efficient waiting until things break to solve them is is dumb and 
I think that 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 realization is because I've done that, right? Like I'm saying that in an egotistic manner, like you're right. It's like I've I've done that. But I think when we're able to 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 be a bit more present to what we're trying to achieve, being self-aware, we can start to pivot before we drown. Right. I'm in the water. I'm way out in sea. You know, I should probably grab onto the life jacket that's next to me because I'm probably going to get tired. And if I get too tired, I'll probably drown rather than shit. I'm drowning. Wish I had to grab that life jacket. So to, to kind of, to, to end this off, I know that you said that, that you're writing a book at the moment. Do you care to give us any information about that? Yes, no, totally. I mean, I was just going to say one thing and I would ask the listeners this question. Would you give your clients the advice of the way that you're living right now? Okay. So I don't mean like, would you, would you tell them to do this or that? No, 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 no. Look at your actions and the way that you're acting. Would you advise your clients to do the same thing in the problem area that they have? Because I understand that you might think that you know best, but your clients probably think that they know best when it comes to the way in which they're doing things right now. And that's why they've ended up in your doctor's office. You know what I mean? And so this is why we have to be very, very aware of our actions as leaders. Because when you're in business, people look to you as a leader. And it's vital that you are showing up as the person that they can trust. Because if you are someone who is helping people improve their body health when it comes to the way in which their body feels so that they're not in pain and you're advising them to do these particular stretches and this particular routine and way to do things right but then you yourself aren't doing that or you don't necessarily believe in it that is so out of integrity and so you really have to check yourself sometimes really really you do I mean I remember when I was in fitness and sometimes I'd be posting all this content about like this particular, you know, way of eating or whatever. And then on the weekends, I was just like totally binging out. And then I had to really look, oh my gosh, that's because the way that I'm eating in the week is not sustainable. But I'm talking about this on social media. This is years ago now. And that's the last time I did that because I realized I can't be doing this. That is not good. And I'm setting people up to lose. And so that's why then I ended up going totally against the grain and teaching things in a way different way, like super scientific. And that's what I was known for in the fitness industry. It was like evidence-based training and nutrition because I didn't want to be like everyone else because I knew that they were all like so out of integrity. And unfortunately, um, they weren't living to the way in which they said they were on their social. Like they would record these workouts like these kickbacks on the for their butt and then they wouldn't do it they don't do that workout they do squats you know and so then I started making all these videos where I would record myself doing like weird workouts like squatting with two dumbbells and one like on my head while on a BOSU ball and then falling off to show people that this isn't the reality okay and so just be super real with people and ask yourself am I living to the standard that I set for my clients and then hold yourself to that. So yeah, the book that I'm writing has been a very slightly torturous uh, journey of going back into all the mistakes that I've made. Because I truly believe that the only way that I have got to where I've got to is how quickly can you recover from mistakes that you made? Every time you screw up, 
the speed in which you bounce back, I believe will dictate your ultimate future success. So when I screw up on something, I aim to minimize the amount of time that it takes for me to be wallowing in my feelings and getting butthurt about it. Instead, I'm just like, okay, let's move on. Let's fix the solution. Let's get a solution. Let's fix this. Let's get past this. Let's rebuild stronger. And every time something's happening right now, like I'm going through something at the moment that I can't even talk about. And it's unbelievable. Like, it's like, what the heck is happening now? And then I'm just looking at myself from like another angle. And I'm just thinking, this is going to be a crazy part of my story. This is going to be a crazy part of my story that I'm going to be able to tell. This is going to be the best one yet. <laughs> and so I, I just think every time that something happens, like, you know, you learn from it. And so I've been revisiting various different things I've been going. And I actually believe that it's empowered me to become a better leader for my team and for my community and for my clients, because now I really realize, wow, I have actually been through a lot of stuff and I have actually done a lot. And I think sometimes only upon reflection, do we realize, and that's also given me more confidence, which has thus given me more conviction to be able to show up more as myself. Because in the past, I didn't really like talking about myself. Like I'd always make content and teach in a very like systematic way. Whereas now I've realized that through telling stories based upon my past and where I've learned things, it's not selfish. You know, people are learning through that. And I, I always thought, because you learn, don't say I, 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 I. Because even I'm doing it now and I'm very consciously aware of it. And I kind of place a lot of judgment on myself for that. And so that's something that I'm also working through on myself why do I think this? And I think it's because I read um, how to win friends and influence people. When I was like 16, I read the first chapter and it says, talk about other people, know yourself, you know? And so anyways, that's that. So there we go. Um, I'd love to ask you a final question. Um, what's the most important thing you've ever learned? You can have 1000 wishes, but if you don't have your health, then you just have one. I like that. I like that. Where do you get that from? That oh, I don't know. I think actually one of my clients said it to me once. She's a nutritionist and I heard her say it on, I was like watching one of her client coaching calls. This is years ago now. And then since then, I think I've heard Tony Robbins say it, but yeah, it's brilliant. Her name's Emily Keith, healthy Emmy on YouTube. She's great. So yeah. Uh, I really like that one. I really like that one. Uh, look, so I good. appreciate uh, you coming on the show. Where can our audience follow you to, to see what you're doing? Yeah. Impact School podcast is always good. We just got that back up. Um, so that's great. So just type Impact School, I-M-P-A-C-T-S-C-H-O-O-L, two words, um, into uh, whatever podcast provider you like. And then, yeah, I'm just on uh, Instagram, Lauren Tickner, or any social, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, everywhere. Not Snapchat though. I don't use that. TikTok. Some people are killing it on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. One of my clients is a lawyer and he's got like this massive following on there. And I was like, how on earth? I never would have thought people wanted to follow a lawyer, but here we are. So there we go. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate you and uh, have an amazing rest of your day. Yeah, thank you. This is fun. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Everything shared will be in the description of the episode so you can go and grab that. 
Now, if you enjoyed the show and you want to listen to more, please subscribe because every week we're releasing new episodes with inspiring people, successful people, so you can level up your game. So subscribe and also leave us a review. We'd love to hear feedback about the show and your thoughts and opinions there as well. Now, if you want to have more success, whether it's in your life, whether it's in your business, we run live trainings every single week where you can get access to me to coach you through everything from health, wealth, success, business. We're doing topics on all things that you need to live a better, more inspired and successful life. Live trainings every single week. Just visit jamesnielsenwatt.com forward slash live and you can get access to that now. There's also a ton of resources that you get for just listening to the show. All of that will be in the description. So if you are watching this on YouTube, check the description. If you're listening to this episode, check the description. We've got a load of resources there for you to have more success in your life, whether it's relationships, investing, or in business. I'll see you on the next episode. And as always, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends because there's somebody else that needs to be hearing this and maybe you're their opportunity to help them level up their game.